Welcome to Vision Sunday. If we haven't met, my name is Odalis. I'm part of the pastoral and worship teams here at Cornerstone SF. And I love this new tradition that we have together, celebrating Vision Sunday, setting aside one weekend to mark our theme together, to enter in with hearts of really unity as we welcome in the Lord to move in our lives um, and to celebrate this theme and also share it with people around us. Our creative team has put together a limited run of crewneck sweatshirts that have our beautiful abound graphics on them. You can place a pre-order through January 28th, after which they will close. That's it. And then they go off to production. So don't miss it. Last year, we pursued breakthrough as our theme, and it was beautiful to see how paying attention to the Lord and how he wanted to work breakthrough in our lives moved and changed things in the spirit and in hearts and in families and in lives. Praise God. It was beautiful. And I believe he'll continue doing that breakthrough work in us. But it's with that heart that I really get the honor here to open us up together. And it's this heart of paying attention, really a call to attention. Think back for a moment to your first crush in school, or maybe you have a crush right now. Think about that person. Um, but think, you know, we're in class and if we were paying to the attention to the teacher, all of a sudden we're not when that person gets up and walks across the room and we can't really even think anymore because... There they go, aren't they lovely? Or maybe outside at lunch with friends and chatting and having, you know, having a good break, but then your mind shifts to that person and then you have no idea what happened in the conversation for the last minute or two because your brain is occupied. <laughs> There's something that's really affecting about attention. And Dallas Willard, uh, an incredible author in the Christian faith, he phrased it this way. He said, the first act of love is the giving of attention. The first act of love is the giving of attention. Now, that example was one thing, but I really want us to think about this in terms of the love of God. If our theme as a church is abound, to abound more and more in our love, as Philippians 1.9 teaches us, then how do we do that? Well, we start by changing and by paying our attention. The life that Jesus calls us to, this life of discipleship, being a student of his way, is a life of paying attention to him. And now I know, and I, I know so many of us have felt over these last two years or so, how difficult it has been to pay attention to anything other than our immediate circumstances, how immensely challenging some of those months were, how impossible it's felt to plan, how unclear the, uh, the, the future has felt, and how I wish we were stepping into this year with all of that behind us and this theme of fresh, but we're not, um, we're not, but also we aren't the same as we were. We've grown, we've learned. And it's our invitation this year in this theme to retrain ourselves, to look up off of our circumstances and onto the Lord. I, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. We can't find our help if we're not looking, if we're not paying attention for it. And we start paying attention, as we start paying attention to the way Jesus himself lived, we start to reflect that in our lives. One of the verses that has been so encouraging to us as a community, we've, we have shared it throughout, has been Romans 8, 28, 
We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And this verse goes on to actually describe that this help, this good that God works is not just specific to circumstances or, or, you know, separated experiences, but it's actually a part of a larger overarching process that God works through our lives to conform us to the image of Christ. Verse 29 reads, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God works good in his children who he sees, who he knows every detail of those circumstances. And he works it out for the good, the ultimate good of conforming us, making us look more like the image of Jesus. And this is where I believe, brothers and sisters, that God is calling us to pay closer attention as a body, as a community, as a group of people who maybe have nothing else in common, but the fact that we go to the same church and that's enough. Maybe increasingly more so than ever to pay attention to people that God has placed around us and asking him to show us how to love them well especially people around us as a part of the church community. Why the church community specifically? Because it's the safest place to begin and to try and to learn and to fail in practicing the way of Jesus. It's the safest place for the simple reason that we are all learning and trying and growing and stretching and practicing and failing. We all are. The people around us as a part of this family of faith, online, physically separate, but together in heart is the safest place to live this out. And so what does this look like for us practically this year? As we pursue the abounding life and love of the Lord, what does it look like? It looks like serving. It looks like giving of our time and our gifts and our resources to love on others. Practically, guys, it looks like participating in the chats. It's such a small thing, but dropping in an encouragement to someone or paying a, you know, a, a little comment at the end of a message, if you catch it later on to just share what stood out to you, these things make a difference in building momentum as a community. It also looks like small groups receiving and giving encouragement and strength while pursuing depth in the Lord. We have learned how to have life-giving small groups online, and we have a whole new season of them opening up at the end of this month. And you know what? If you're not seeing a group that sparks that excitement in you, it may be that the Lord has put that vision of a group on your heart to host. So please let us know. It also looks like, lastly, stretching ourselves in learning and attending to the ways of Jesus. And one of the ways we get to do that this year is through our growth series. We have our very first one being taught through the month of February by Jeff Louie on fostering a Christian worldview. It'll be posted online after it's taught live at the Mission Campus. And we'll have a couple others of these through the year, including David Brickner right after Easter and another one after the summer. At its core, the abounding life looks like 
paying attention to how we live out our faith in Jesus and invite others into life with him, a life of abounding love, a flourishing deep faith, a heart more and more like the beautiful heart of Jesus. And that is our prayer here together. Lord, that you would fix our eyes on you. Lord, that you would recapture our attention anew, that come high or low, come easy or hard. We would be a people marked by a fixed attention on you, by a love that just oozes out of us for you, affecting those around us. God, give us courage and give us boldness, Lord. And in your love, work your healing into us in the ways that hold us back from expressing your love, Jesus, in our lives. We want to abound, God, and we trust in you. So we ask for you to mold us into the image of your son this year. God, be glorified in our lives. We pray these things in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Now let's, let's pray together a prayer for our new year. A new year's prayer. Loving God, usher us into a new year with the will to find new insight and to live with new strength. You are the living water. Teach us to drink deeply from your well. You are the bread of life. Teach us to eat daily until we are filled. Give peace to the troubled, wholeness to the sick, companionship to the lonely, resourcefulness to the shallow, commitment to the faint-hearted, and joy to those who are broken in spirit. Bless the months before us. Bring rest to our weary world and hope to millions who dwell in darkness. Use us who wait before you to accomplish your will through devotion, imagination, and love. That voice sounds familiar. Anyway, my name is Vincent and I'm part of the teaching team as well as the production director here at Cornerstone. Pastor Terry asked me to share from two perspectives today, the two ministries that I'm most involved with here and also the two ministries that are closest to my heart, the kids ministry and the creative arts ministry. Now, some of you watching today might not even know that we have a vibrant, bustling kids ministry, both online and in person. Almost two years ago, when we first sheltered in place and transitioned the Cornerstone experience to online, the kids ministry was no exception. This wall behind me is actually where we currently film the kids online services. And it has been a great privilege to be part of the team that helps bring the kids services online to you. We have a cast of wacky people who are a joy to be around. The laughs we share are endless. And it is our hope that the laughter and joy translate into meaningful experiences for the kids as well. There have been many transitions and growing pains out of the last season, but one of the rocks, one of the anchoring presences in our Cornerstone community has been the kids' ministry. Led faithfully by Christine Leung and Jay Burgers. 
If you ever get a chance to meet them, it's hard not to be taken aback by Jay's teary eyes when he speaks of the kids or the compassion and care that ooze from Christine. When we sat down as a team to plan what 2022 could look like as a church, the word that was emphasized by the kids team was deeper. The kids team is already known for building an amazing community, even through pandemic and ever-changing societal situations, and they will continue to do that. But with that community and relationship building, we're also adding depth. On Sundays, the kids are already learning the books of the Bible and how to approach the scriptures. And now with the upcoming launch of a podcast by Teacher Jay, as well as book discussion groups, the kids ministry is excited to provide a pool of resources for parents. How to talk to your kids about Jesus, how to manage technology in the home, how to answer the tough questions that come with bringing up a child. And all of these are available to you from the comfort of your own home. And it doesn't stop there. Here at Cornerstone, we have something for every age. Our youth director, Jonathan Orantes, hosts a vibey and happening Sunday service in person at Reardon. But he also recently launched a weekly video series, Planted, that brings up common questions about God that teens have and provides a thoughtful scriptural response. With topics like, why doesn't God stop bad things? And does prayer really work? It is a great resource to help them understand how they were designed so they can thrive in a world filled with conflicting pressures. The point is this. One of our core tenants here at Cornerstone is building up the next generation. We strive to be and create a fun, engaging, safe, biblical environment for your kids from the moment they're born all the way till they move away for college. Now, a little personal story here. My son, Hosea, is six years old now, and he has been coming with me to church since he was born. Back in the day, he used to come to all three services at the Mission Campus. Yes, we used to have three morning services in a row. And sometimes after the final service, I would find him asleep on the floor in the middle of the classroom when I picked him up because he was so tired. But lately something has shifted. We talk about the Bible and God and Jesus and heaven a lot more now because I think he understands it more. And he loves coming to church. So much so that when I took a vacation at the start of this year and left him with his grandparents, he decided of his own accord that he wanted to go to kids church. And so he did without me. Now, this isn't meant as a kudos to me for my parenting. It's meant as a kudos to the kids ministry for, for for providing a place that my son wanted to be at, that he felt safe to be at and enjoyed being there. And this is what matters to us and what we hope to continue in 2022. And now for act two. As a production director, it is my distinct responsibility and joy to create the special Easter and Christmas presentations. Now in a non-pandemic world, this is an enormous undertaking, but one that gives me life. It is also another core tenant of life at Cornerstone. We believe in creativity as a principal means to share the gospel. So what are we going to do this year? Well, I had my plans, that's for sure, but they've had to change. We were going to perform our now award-winning original musical from last year, as it is written, live on stage, finally, but that no longer seems possible. It is disappointing for sure to have your plans thrown asunder, but even doubly so when you love the thing you were creating. But, and here's where I'm gonna get spiritual. 
The two words I'm leaning on in this season as a creative and as a follower of Christ are adapt and let go. We have to be able to adapt our plans, our projects, our lives to whatever is thrown at us. And we have to sometimes let go of the things that we thought to be most important, or even the things we thought were in the right direction of God's will. It's only then that we can move forward with a new wind. I was driving to our staff leadership planning retreat last week, and I had an inkling that I was going to have to give up our dream of performing the musical live, but I hadn't yet accepted the fact and hadn't yet received confirmation or sought confirmation, depending on who you ask, But on the drive, it became clear that I needed to let it go. And so I did. And what happened after that? A new idea formed. I was kind of mad about it, but that's what happens. A new seed of life sprung up from the hole where I had uprooted that dream. And I stayed with it and I prayed into it. And now we have a new direction for production this year. One that I'm excited for and one that has many possibilities. But it was only when I was able to let go that I was able to have this new life. And now I must learn to adapt to this new life. And sometimes this new life isn't what we were hoping for, but goodness and joy and the Lord can be found there. These are principles that are not just part of the creative process, but principles that I believe are fundamental to our walk with Christ. And ones that I believe that we can put into practice this year. And so what new life do you need? What fresh wind do you need blowing? Where do you need God to pour his spirit out and show you a new way? I will leave you to ponder these questions as we enjoy this music video, Fresh Wind. We filmed it as part of our virtual advent calendar, but its design and purpose was always to be a song for the new year, an invitation to pray over our lives and our city. So please enjoy that. And then after that, we will hear from Pastor Terry and his direction for this year, 2022.
Yes, Lord, we just pray that you would pour out your spirit and give us fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. That's what we need. Ah, you guys, what a blessing to be able to have this little time to share with you. I've got the the anchor side of this Vision Sunday, and we want to really plant the flag. And I want to make the case that, uh, you know, God's will for us is for us to flourish, to have a faith that is alive, growing, full of color, right? That we can learn to abound in him even when things are hard. And boy, whew, has it been hard. It's been a rough ride. No question about it. Hey, listen, we thought that by the time we got to 2022, we would have most of our challenges and problems behind us. But now we find ourselves right still in the middle of it all. And it's been discouraging and it's been hard. And I don't think there's any question about it. Many of us have continued to battle with uh, anxiety and we've sort of gotten accustomed to a, a low grade kind of uh, fear and, and uh discouragement that has seemed to settle in. And if we're not careful, we, we can start to get defined by that. And, and, and there, listen, there's a reason why we picked the theme. We felt led that it was important for us in this year to pursue the abounding life. That maybe with some of the confinement we've all been experiencing, that it was really important by faith that we plant the flag, that he, God can do amazing things even when we find ourselves in really hard places and spaces. That some of the deepest growth that I've ever experienced in my life, I can only share from my own personal life with Jesus, but I've seen this in the lives of other people as well, is when things were hard. You know, every, every adversity contains an opportunity. We can grow. We can become a more serious, deep follower of Jesus. In fact, that's when we seem to be most open to being more dependent on him when we realize, wow, Lord, some of these things that I just assumed um, in life may not be as secure as we thought. And so in those places, if we will turn our heart instead of to fear, we turn our heart in faith to him, we will find that, that things can, can grow in us that we can abound more and more. In fact, that is the key verse, isn't it? That we have settled into. Think about it. Philippians 1, 9. We've, we've chosen this. We felt led to say, as a church, we want to just really hold this verse as a community of people on this journey together. And it's been a great blessing to make this journey with you. And I'm looking forward by faith. Appreciate all your prayers, but I want to do this together with you all the way. So many of you have been my friends online uh, for these past few years now. <laughs> and um, some of you near, some of you far, some of you can't come in presence. And I got, I understand that. So some of us, wherever we are, we've, we've been connected. We've stayed together. And, and this verse is for all of us, Philippians 1, 9, where we were reminded that our love, the apostle writes that our love would abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, that our love would abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Oh, that we would abound in his love. And even now, Lord Jesus, I do pray on this Vision Sunday that you would fill our church community with more of your love. You would fill our church with more capacity to be a blessing, to be a strength, to help other people. And I realize, Lord, it's really hard to help other people when we ourselves are not whole. So I would pray wholeness over each one, all of my friends, my brothers and sisters, that we would walk in the wholeness and the promise of Jesus. Lord, that you would touch us at deep places, help us heal our minds, heal our hearts, heal our bodies, 
Heal us so that we may be a blessing. And Lord, if it is your will that we have to walk through areas of confinement or brokenness, then we ask that you would use those things for your glory and that you would give us great courage to serve you and to be a blessing even in our weakness. We ask that you would fill us with your strength and allow your good words just to strengthen us as we aspire together right now to consider what it means to move forward into this gift of a new year as a church walking together in unity. So I just pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. You know, one of the things I'm reminded of is that, you know, Christian community relationships uh, engagement is more product of intention. It doesn't just happen. It's something that we have to choose to do. And just even I was thinking about how when the Lord was on this earth, it was really important for him not to be alone. Now, there were times where Jesus was so alone. <laughs> no one could understand him. And I don't just mean that he, when he got off to be on his own, he did that every now and then just to be with the father. But there were, there were clear moments in the, in the life and ministry of Jesus where he was around a lot of people, but he was very alone. And it is possible to be around a lot of people and to be alone because no one really understood what he was walking through and the weight that he was carrying. At the same time, it's also evident that Jesus never saw nor set for us the model of the Christian life or the way of Jesus being something that was solo. It was always intended to be communal. If you think about it, I mean, he starts it that way. He starts it with a, a small group. We call them his disciples. And in a way, we're all connected to them, right? Everything that we experience now as followers of Jesus is connected to the things that Jesus did in the lives of this key small group that he really started, nurtured and cultivated and brought into being. And so, you know, I remember, I remember I was thinking about the phrase, you know, we're better together. It's true. We are. We're better together. There's no question about it because we're not always going to be on our game. We're not always going to be strong. There's going to be times where we're really struggling and we're trying to figure out what to do. And, and we're not just hitting, hitting right. And sometimes we're not seeing things right. And sometimes we're really having a hard time in those places, having others who are, who are walking with in commitment, having a church that is our home, having a place where we can consistently be encouraged in God's word. Man, it's like, it's like gold. It's like manna from heaven. Like the food that was sent miraculously to the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt on their way to the promised land in the wilderness times. We need the gift. We need the provision of the Lord. And a lot of times that provision comes through the gift of other people. You know, there are many reasons why the Bible teaches us to be committed in Christian community. Uh, and I don't think it's, it, it only has to happen in presence, although I think there is a unique thing that does happen in presence. But it may, it may happen in a, in a digital way as well. I mean, we have to be okay with different ways of connecting right now, as many of us are doing right here. But the Bible reminds us in Matthew 18, Jesus said these words. He says, where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. This idea of remembering that there is a distinct and different blessing that occurs when we are with others than when we are just by ourselves. There's something, look, it's valuable to have our own walk with the Lord. I totally get that. Um, we all need that. But there's, there, and, and, and the more we can learn to do that, I, I think that there's a base that is established in our life 
but it, it really, the, the Christian life, listen to me, loved ones, was meant to be lived out with others in a committed way. That's why I believe in church. I mean, it's made a huge difference in my life. Uh, I don't think I would be following the Lord if it wasn't for church. In fact, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. There's so much to learn from being part of a, of a Christian community, all the flaws and all. We, are, we learn to love. We get to hear the word of God. We get to share in ministry. We get to pray. We get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. It's like having a family. It's huge. It's huge. I have many friends, but I have one family. Now, we're part of the larger family of Jesus, no question. But we also need a church family. And that's really important. I remember reading something that C.S. Lewis said. He said, the next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are. The next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are. You know, we need each other. We need each other to discern the areas of brokenness and opportunity where the gospel um, can be applied, don't we? Sharing around God's word talking about it with others, engaging in conversation. Again, this, this can't happen in person. It may happen in other ways. Let's be honest about the way in which we communicate. I mean, what a gift it is now to be able to communicate through our social channels and to be able to rapidly connect with other people. I mean, we, we can't minimize that. It's been a huge blessing for us at this time, and it's part of our life moving forward. So part of living in community is certainly going to involve that. It is. And I'm not saying that those things are a substitute for in-person. They may not be. We need both, I think. I really do. This is probably going to be a, a hybrid world that we're all living in where we get to forge out Christian community together. But I, I can only tell you that I look back in my own life. Um, it has been huge. I mean, to be a part of committed, uh, a committed, you know, a committed part of faith community has is, is, is made all the difference to my life with Jesus. And I think many of you can relate to that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir right now, obviously, right? But, but there's another reason why we need each other. And it's, it's not just so that we can receive the communal wisdom that C.S. Lewis was referring to, because there is communal wisdom. There is something about receiving God's word as it's being taught and preached, that the, the sound of the word becomes a part of who we are. So as a church as part of this body, you, you begin to share the sound of who we are, whatever message God gave us to uniquely contribute, whoever I am meant to be to you, you are meant to be to others. There's, we're, it, it just becomes part of who we are in Christ. I mean, I look back on the people who influenced my life for Jesus. I, I am indebted to them. I'm indebted to the, to the pastors and the teachers and the preachers and, and even the writers. I mean, if I look at it, I think my, my, my life was shaped by a handful, maybe two handfuls of key people. But if I really distilled it down, there might even be just a few that have been the greatest voice in my life that have contributed to who I have personally become in Jesus. And, and honestly, though most of them are gone, they're not here anymore. They're with the, they're with the Lord. They've left this world and someday, I'll, I'll join them on the other side, you know, of the other side of the great divide. But for now, uh, I get to be with you and we get to be together. We get to follow Jesus together in such a time as this. What a privilege it is. But I look back and I think back on how many of them shaped and helped form 
who I personally have become in Christ Jesus. And I in turn have helped shape others. And that's how it works. We're connected. We're all connected to the generations and deeply grateful. But there's, you know, there's also something that I'm reminded of that we need each other to give grace and to receive forgiveness. Not only is there the blessing of discerning wisdom and God's words together, right? Cause there's something about that, that again, that CS Lewis was alluding to that we, we, we can grow in a community of, of wise people. And we grow and we learn and we, we have to take into account our blind spots and, and the things that we don't see right. But, but there's also another reason. It's the place where we can give and receive forgiveness. And loved ones, I'm just making the case for church and one of the keys to bounding and flourishing. And, you know, because I'm reminded in James 5 of this great verse. We're told, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Look at this and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Isn't that good? There's so much here. There's so much in this verse. We see it. The reminder of where healing can come from when we're praying for one another, the power of those shared prayers, the gift of one another. When a small group or an accountability group, and I have both of those, I'm involved in both of those. I, I, I do that as part of my Christian life. I live in church community. In the big, we celebrate, and in the small, we connect. It's where I hope we can find a safe place, right? A safe place to discover and grow and to be vulnerable so that our love may abound more and more. It really is. This is God's will for us, uh, to be in community, to forge friendships within community, and then to be able to have enough safety within that framework and humility and honesty that we can pray for one another, for healing, that we can grow, we can become more like Jesus, we can for be forgiven, we can forgive, we can become mediators of God's grace to one another. All right, I think you, you can tell. I'm excited. I'm a believer in the value of Christian community. I'm a I believe in the value of church, and I believe in the value of, of our church, the one that God has called us all to be a part of at this time in our lives. And, and so let me finish with some practical action steps, right? To set things in place. Cause in the coming months, I really want to encourage some of us to consider getting involved. If you're not, all, if you're not already doing this, get involved in a small group, sign up for one. Uh, let us know if you need some help being, you know, joined to, to a group or help with some placement and, and again, I talk about the hard work of connecting, but it's huge. But even more, I want to encourage some of you, if, you, if you're able, when you're able, let us know. Again, some of you are, are able to do this because you've been able to come in presence, but there are other ways to do it as well. But if you want to be part of a ministry team, let us know. I mean, that is one of the best ways to build relation, relationships and to get connected. There are places where sometimes lasting friendships are formed and where we become just healthy and flourishing. And I just think that we really need this. I mean, this, these last few years in particular make it even more important. And I have a feeling recovering from this season is going to require us to have a lot of healthy input. So, you know, think about that. And then maybe some of you may even want to consider becoming part of a ministry leadership team this year. And, and you know, let us know. There might be a few friends that want to combine together to start a new ministry with some pastoral oversight and support from the church. Man, go for it. Don't, don't let a sense of contribution be diminished just because of some of the things that we're all having to deal with right now. 
this is going to turn. And when it does, we, we want to be positioned to just flourish and abound. And I think we already can start now. Okay. And I think I, but let me, let me finish with this. As we look forward to the coming months, the next uh, 11 or so months, uh, in 2022. I would love for our church to exercise vitality in three directions. So this is what I call an aspiration. These are three aspirations on Vision Sunday that I would love for you to pray about and pray for us for. Because again, um, we need to aspire even while things are in flux. One of the things I would love us to consider aspiring to is that we would be vital in three directions. One, vital as a community of believers. And what do I mean by that? That we would be committed to the way and the ways of Jesus, challenging ourselves to stay grounded and fixed, unafraid, less anxious, alive in his love, abounding more and more, right? Being better together. So that's like that we would be vital in community with believers, that we would be vital in our love for just being part of this, this church family, and that we would together be a wonderful expression of God's grace, that we would help a lot of people, and that people would grow in their faith, be sustained in their faith, and come to faith. And that really leads me into the second one, which is this, that we would have a vital commitment to the Great Commission as outlined by Jesus. That is to be his witnesses of his goodness, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, that he died and he rose again and that he's alive forevermore, that he can change lives. And then also that we have been given uh, <laughs> the exhortation and the command to go out and to make disciples joyfully and thoughtfully sharing his words in creative ways, word of mouth. Some of you on social media on your social channel channels, be a bringer, be an inviter, be a connector, be alive in Jesus, be unashamed, you know, not reckless, but not, not inhibited or fearful or unenthused. And that leads me to number three. May the Lord give us not just a vital sense of, of community, a vital sense of commitment to sharing, but a vital optimism that surges through us. And that is my prayer for you. It truly is. And for me, that we would be a people who are flourishing and that our faith would have color and it would be alive and they would be anchored in hope and the assurance of God's love and his goodness come what may in this life or the next unshakable and undeniable. That's my prayer. My, that's my, my desire for all of us. And I, I will by, by, by faith and by God's grace and by your prayers. And I know I speak for our team, do everything in my power. Um, that's why I covet your prayers, but I'll do everything that I can to contend for your well-being in the Lord that you would be possessed by a vital optimism that will be greater than anything that would hinder you. Anything from within, from without. Things that would cripple us that are more a part of our past or trust injuries that we've endured or experiences that we've had, maybe even some recently, or even potentially spiritual oppression and things that just seem to defeat us, habits of our past, that in every, that my, I want 
to contend for you to not only stay in love with Jesus, but to, to be alive in him. And Lord, you know that, you know that Lord, that is my, my prayer, uh, for all of us. So I, I do, <laughs> yeah, I have, I want to share some more. We're going to have a song here to close out with that. I, you know, I love to do this, but I do remind all of you about our, our giving time. And, and I get to do that It's part of being a committed follower of Jesus to bring your tithes and your offerings. It's part of being a church. It makes, it makes it possible to do what we do. That's just a fact. And some of you, you're beautiful in the way in which you give. Remember, you can give uh, directly by sending it in. You can give online through the app. But like I say, let's keep doing it. Before we ever do that, let's give him our heart. All right? With that in mind, let's share this song, come back around. I want to close you out with a blessing on this Vision Sunday. Today, tomorrow, and forever, I will live for you, Lord. Today, tomorrow, and forever, I will live for you. Come what may, I want to live for you. We're going to get through this. I'm pretty confident about that. But however long it takes and wherever the journey is, the Lord's with us. Be not afraid. Let's stay confident in Him who loves us. Let's seek to abound more and more in his love, abound more and more in his love with knowledge and all discernment. 
people on the grow, all right? That's what I want you to be. May the Lord keep you in every way, in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, and in your body, and may you abound this year. May we do it together in Jesus' name.